correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. radiocom Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPG, the podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience. Welcome back to Me and Steve Talk RPGs. I'm here with my friend Steve. Hello. And we have a lovely guest on this evening. But before we get to that, we have a podcast of the week. We do. And this week, that podcast on the D20 Radio Network is The Story Told. Where Logan Griffin and I apologize because I don't remember the name of their new third co-host talk all kinds of games. Their most recent episode at the time of recording, they actually talked with Craig Campbell from Nerdburger Games about his game uh, Good Strong Hands, and uh, they're also doing a actual play of Promethean. Yeah, along with I think they're working on one for City of Mist as well. So uh, yeah. a lot of really good talk there. We've had Logan and Griffin on the show before and uh, probably will again sometime, you know, just because they're cool people and they love RPGs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can find them pretty much any podcatchers, whatever. Uh, it's the story told. And uh, put a link in the show notes. And, of course, you know, you can find that and all kinds of other gaming goodness over at d20radio.com. So, uh, all right. So you said we have a guest, Steve. Yes. Why don't you introduce our guest? <laughs> yes. Well, yes, because I've talked with him somewhat more than you have. Yes. <laughs> uh, our guest this week comes to us long distance, all the way from, um, if I'm not mistaken, what is sometimes sometimes called the land of the midnight sun, that being Denmark. Am I correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Denmark, yeah. Yep, yeah, well, we're past midnight now in Denmark, so I don't know if it's yes. still sunny there. <laughs> it's it's pretty dark here, so... Um... <laughs> And we have we haven't got any midnight sun in Denmark, we, so it's uh, it's not it's not true the name of the the, the co-name of the the country, but uh, yeah, and and many of your U.S. listeners will also know that uh, Denmark is not a part of Sweden, so uh, so that's to be clarified. That it's uh, so so all the all the weird uh, geographical uh, obstacles are. are outside the box now so uh, let's let's talk uh, let's talk about RPGs instead all right so yes our, uh, our guest is jacob Sorensen, yeah. who um actually is a podcaster his own right does a really good podcast called the gm workshop yeah and he and i kind of met through some rpg group on facebook i think yeah we chatted on and off and uh amongst other things it's come to our attention that you're a big fan of speaking of sweden <laughs> free leagues yeah. games yeah particularly their year zero engine yeah it's uh <laughs> it's it's so true um i picked up those games for a few years ago because yeah i, I heard another uh, actual play podcast about the alien rpg and I always loved the the alien uh universe and the franchise and so on and i actually heard some some of the alien uh playthrough of the, the intro scenario hopes uh, last hope from the intro box and um Heard that the, the system actually worked and it seems cool. It wasn't crunchy. It wasn't uh, in the way of, of the horror story. And uh, then I picked up the game myself and I played it uh, a lot and a lot after. And then I uh, made this this uh, 
GM Workshop uh, podcast, and I will, was talking to uh, to Andrew Gasker, that's the creator of the game um, for Free League, and he got me in into other Free League games, not him as directly, but I have to talk to Free League to to get a hold of him and so on. So I picked up a lot of the other games of uh, of of that company, and um, yeah, so and and many of those uh, I played a bunch, a very bunch. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. Yeah, so and and most freely games, not all of them, but most of them run off what they call their year zero engine. Yeah. Which I guess originally well, in English it comes from you know, the first game they released I think was was called Mutant Year Zero. Yes. Year Zero Engine. But yeah. my understanding is originally in Swedish that game had been around for a long time is just mutant. Yeah. It it is uh, mutant engine. The mutant engine comes from the mutant chronicle. I mean, oh, sorry, the mutant uh, zero uh, game, uh, not the mutant chronicles. Not not to be con- confused by those uh, that setting and game. But but yeah, um, in Sweden they had a lot of. And in, in Sweden in general has a, a vast history of creating RPGs like the the Dragonbane role playing game, which were called uh, Dao and Demona back in the days. Uh, was called Dragon uh, called uh, just been pre released now. As the Dragon Bane roleplay uh, called Divinity Lost, as you maybe know, is also mm-hmm. Swedish. A brilliant game. Um, I can talk on that uh, a bunch as, as well, so we can talk on that another another time. And 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 we are also always seen from Denmark. Um, I played since the '90s. I played Cult back in the '90s, the first edition, second edition, and saw that that the Swedish has some some kind of ability to to create a real great RPGs, but as I talked to Nils that created uh, the Vaisen scenario, uh, the Vaisen setting, uh, and the Tales from the Loop uh, created that into an RPG. He points out that Swedens love to play role-playing games, but they don't want to get bothered by the system, so they made easy systems <laughs> so they can play <laughs> RPGs. And that's my philosophy as well. So so that uh, that's, uh, that's the reason I love the Swedish RPGs um, in general, but especially uh, free league games, yeah. Well, yeah, no, and I think that's that's a valid thing because we actually just did an episode where we we're kind of talking about crunch, and I said, you know, one of the things I really like with a game is when the dice does its thing and then gets out of the way, mm-hmm. and that's I crazy. think that's kind of in a way what you're speaking of there, and it's one of the things I've heard a lot about with Year Zero games. Now, I actually own two Year Zero games, although I have yet to read or play them, and I know Steve owns at least one. Mm-hmm. Yes, other than Tales. No, I I have a copy of Mutant Year Zero on the computer, but I don't have a physical copy of it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I have Tales from the Loop, and I read it. I really like the system. It's a really, really cool system. I do. I agree with you. I like that it gets out of the way of itself for the role play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked this old Steve and me too, before you came on, Steve, was... That's the tales setting up so weird and so actually in the way of, of the role playing game. I've tried it a few times and I had to explain a lot of things to my players, but the systems are so smooth and elegant and the art types and uh, and the talents and so on. It's it's just a it's so easy um, in the in the engine zero rules as such in, in tales. There are no talents. So that's much more, much less crunch than uh, like the Twilight 2000 is the most crunchy game they have uh, with the with the Forbidden Lands, which also were Ancient Zero rules. And I've tried them all, and I, I love the um, 
the engine, the mutant uh, zero. I haven't tried to make uh, the core game actually. I never played it, but I've read, read it and and the system and the talents and made it extremely crunchy. But they in each edition they created they will they they cut some some of the crunch from it. And tails are the most clean version of the uh, the, the 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 engine zero rules. And then they put some some stuff on top of it because it became too simple i think in 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 the terms of of, of role playing um so uh, uh, the, the characters wasn't differential enough because they didn't have the talents like in in the uh, engine chrono in the in the mutant or in the in forbidden lands right so so yeah it's that was my takeaway from from reading into the history of of uh, of that system's development um uh, another uh, Engine Zero rule game I played a lot is Vesen. Uh, Vesen is a fortress setting where we play in Scandinavia where I live. So I have a lot of folklore and so on. But I can see in, on the Facebook pages and so on, I'm 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 in. They uh, follow a a Brazilian guy that play Vesen in Brazil using Brazilian folklore and so on. It's so cool the the, the creatures and the weird uh, folklore stuff uh, they have in in Brazil and in South America. Also the same in Australia and so on. So 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 Vesen is this weird. I don't want to spoil the meta plot for you, but it's such a great thing to play in the nineteenth century, where the technology and the the clash between uh, the old world and new world are. The, the, like the real turmoil between the new world and the industrial age and so on will will clash through, uh, clash together, and the characters are in the middle of of figure out how to to handle the supernatural and the and the, the industrial stuff, right? So, uh, so it's it's pretty it's a cool setting, um, and I encourage everyone who love like like Call Cthulhu, but hate but hate the system, use that system instead. So that's uh, that's my uh, my takeaway from from that uh, setting. So um, so yeah, I I know they're also working on their own version of we'll call it Call of Cthulhu, a, a Lovecraftian mythos yes, game. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, Matt from uh, Three Skull Tavern, uh, our key creator on that. Um, uh, I was I should have been a, a playtester, but I didn't have the time. Um, so. So I cannot spoil too much about it, but I don't think it's at engine zero rules uh, in my um, estimates. I don't can't I can't figure out what kind of system set they are set uh, are using in that uh, regards. Hmm. But but uh, that's odd because Matt is a huge fan of the year zero engine. Yes, but I think that's uh, they think they will the the Cthulhu setting will lay too much of it about the Vesen setting. So. There may, may be a clash there, um, but I, I I have no I have no idea because they are, are very tight about the info on on the game and I yeah I I try to to to, to lurk some some info out of Matt but he is very closed up <laughs> so <laughs> so it's 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 cool uh, it's all cool but but I hope I I hope they will use the the engine zero rules um, and I hope they use the the original with the D sex but we can talk about the the new edition of the rules um, in a moment if you yeah I was gonna say. Yeah, we we've kind of jumped around talking about some of the games and and so forth. Yeah, and and different versions of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Notably, I believe Blade Runner introduced the use of different die sizes. But no, the Twilight Two Thousand actually. Uh, the Twilight Two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the Twilight Two Thousand was the first one that uh, they called. The oh, one, that's right. Yeah. Some of the dice are twelves or something, aren't they? Yeah, it's it's like in in the dice we normal. Uh, function with a dice pool you have four in perception and two in 
whatever scouting ability. Then you have six uh, six sixes and six six sided dice. That was hot hot uh, um, word to say it, uh, so late in the night here. Um, <laughs> but and each 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 six you roll is a success. And instead of uh, have uh, four uh, perception and two in whatever scout ability you have, you have a d12 instead of the four, um, and you have a, a d eight in uh, instead of the two and then you roll it and uh, all sixes and up and ten and up is successes okay uh, so it's yeah it's it's not intuitive as the d6s system i in my in my uh, esper- uh, <laughs> humble opinion so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i'll be honest i bought twilight 2000 more for the setting than the system yep. yeah 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 but so yeah the the basic version is uh, is a d6 dice pool game where you roll a handful of d6s and you just look for sixes or yes. ones i guess too yeah but it's it's in the, in the forbidden lands you have some equipment that uh, takes ones as a a failure and if you uh, if you push your roll in forbidden lands uh, ones are also important that's uh, some other uh, that's the crunch in that system in the aliens you have the uh, the stress mechanic which is the best mechanic uh, in all of the RPGs I've ever played. Um, we can talk to we can talk on Alien on, in a moment. So, uh, why why this system is perfect for this uh, this game or this setting? Um, because the and there's there's stress dices in Aliens where ones also are important. So and uh, so 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 but yeah, sixes are the the things we're looking for. And uh, and then we use the other dices where six is up and ten is and up is two successes uh, with the new dice system. So, okay. So, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it it sounds like at on its on the surface, it's a very easy to learn core yes. mechanic. Yes. You know, which like you said, it, like there's you, you don't have to add stuff up. You just look and go, okay, I have three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, however many. Yeah. And, oh one. Oh one. And the fail forward system. The fail forward is is integrated into the system. So you, if you don't have any successes, we will move on. You will pick the lock, or you will jump over the fence. But then you, I can, as a GM, figure out a complication for you later. Because you, a player will always success succeed his uh, his or her role. But if you don't have any successes, then we have complications. So um, so that's that's the the balance in the system. As, as okay. Such. Yeah. So so it's more designed for at least in in those, and I'm guessing that's in more shall we say mundane circumstances but because I, I can't imagine you know in 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 some sort of say a combat check or even a like a social conflict check that you would have the players automatically succeed all the time no combat combat is the the one thing where you have to to roll successes f- to hit the opponents um, mm-hmm. because that's yeah it's it's it should be another thing i have i have a, in in scenes where i liked the the players all the all the the bad guy to hit the uh, the uh, the players that I give them some complications afterwards instead them but they're still hitting their opponents but it's not in, integrated into the system as well as it's just because I've played it a lot and want some some capacity to change up the the flow of the game but uh, on on the surface this is the the rules yeah okay so it sounds like it's very very story forward if you will yes it is it is yeah and then I do know, like you had mentioned, they call a push mechanic, which I believe, yeah. isn't that also part of Coriolis? 
Yes, it's uh, it's it's in the other systems. Uh, Coriolis is the, there. If for those that don't know it, it's uh, Felix. Uh, uh, high sci-fi game. It's uh, yeah. it's one of forty forty thousand mixed with Star Trek uh, <laughs> on the and there's uh, out. It's all the way out of the far far reaches of space, and uh, there are some dark forces, the dark powers, and the players can culminate uh, like corruption from the stars and the these uh, entities or evil things in the, the stars. Um, I haven't played Corus um, at all, uh, but I've read the book and uh, played. Uh, I talked to to the creator and to one Michael Masberg that creates a lot of stuff uh, freelance for for the game. So I have yeah, I've talked a lot about Coriolis. So, but but in in the terms, yes, as you said, the push mechanic is in all the systems, um, uh, and that's the only thing that's really triggers players i think um if you came come come from from like the D system you see that you can change up your your role if you like or you can re-roll the, the dices right mm-hmm. so in the um in the the vason, which are the most elegant i think of the systems because there's there's a some crunch but a lot of the crunch are laid into the talents and some of the coolest talents uh, in in all of the games um, are also in the, these talents. We could talk to talents later, but in the in terms of uh, pushing invasion, you you can you have two categories of of stat blocks. There's uh, some physical and some mental stat blocks, and if you want to push a, a physical, um, you can you will receive one damage in uh, in that uh, in the physical. This will mean that you also lose one hit points it's we all, you only got three hit points in basin until you are broken um and in if you want to push your mental capacities you can you get one physical hit point damage and you'll only get three psychology uh, mental hit points uh, and again broken if you get the fourth one and then you will roll on a table and you can get really really hurt <laughs> and and die um so yeah so now pushing is like we'll say you don't succeed, but you really, really want to. Yes, it's it's typically typically in combat, or if you if if I can telegraph to the telegraph to the players that you might need two successes investigate to get this clue. <laughs> um, that's uh, that's pretty pretty uh, pretty obvious. Or as social encounters, as you said, you have to to make make charm this uh, guard uh, to to let you into the office of the the mayor or whatever then i i i i, I encourage you to to have a success and and that's a fine balance between the fail forward the mechanic i told you before and mm-hmm. the push when do you push as a player but players can also accumulate stunts uh, and stunts are the ability to do extraordinary things in with a skill or or in a scene um in combat, you can do additional damage, or you can, uh, or in social encounters, the next time you will talk to this guard, you have additional dices, or you have a automatic success, or something like that, uh, with this guard because you are he are he are chummy with you or something like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. and the the push involves effectively, like you said, in in some of those where you you risk a, a stat point or yeah, yes, in Forbidden Lands you risk stat points, yeah, or or worse complications so to speak correct 
Yes, and and then you can reroll your dice pool. Um, keep uh, normally you can keep successes. It's variants from from different system or different settings and systems in uh, with this uh, these mechanics. But but usually it's just to reroll your dice pool um, in some capacity. So so yeah, it's uh, it's the way to to mitigate bad rolls, especially in combat, of course. But but also when you really need a a success in some some capacity. Okay, and and the one other thing you touched on that I hadn't actually, somehow I hadn't grasped was that there are times where, yes, one one six or or whatever is a success in mm-hmm. in terms of the mechanics, but to find a certain clue or whatever, as the G, your GM may set, okay, I want you to get you know two or three successes on this roll because that's one thing that that my brain went to initially upon hearing about the system was, okay, so. You know, you combine a stat and a skill, not going to take too long before you can be rolling six dice. And statistical averages, if you roll six dice, one of them is going to come up a six. Yeah. It, not, it, I mean, look, we're gamers. We know that it doesn't work that way. That, that, but, that's the, that's the, yeah, that's empirically untrue, Steve. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I have a, I have a, an alien game where I have a, a marine shooting with his uh, pulse rifle uh, with 13 dice uh, missing, not a single six. He pushed the roll, re-rolled, not a single success. So yeah, 26 d6s and one, not one six, and he died horrible by a, a alien. So so that was uh, that was fun times. So so yeah, it's 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 weird to to see these dice rolls and and the huge uh, monks uh, you have played a lot of uh, western game uh, d6 i know so you know the the feeling of rolling a lot of d6s and just rolling like a poo poo <laughs> um so so yeah and and having this option to reroll or push the roll are so satisfying for many players because they they have a, a very competent character that have a, a lot of investigation or whatever, eight or nine dice is rolling and not have a single six and then can push the roll and get, get two successes or just maybe one. It's it's just so uh, satisfying for a player to, to mitigate a bad roll and, and it's it's mm-hmm. easy it's easier for the players in that, that regard. Now, question for you uh, yeah. in regards to the push. If the the role you push if you succeed on the pushed role are there consequences and it's different uh, different uh, systems um, in in Vesen, there's no uh, additional no additional complications as such um other than you lose one of your conditions uh, in in mental or or physical hit points but if you if you if you then put look at the forbidden lands then you your equipment could go Go broken. Um, it can can ruin if you uh, if you if you miss the second roll or roll too many ones on the second roll. Yeah. Okay. So that's, okay. That's, that's, that's a different thing. In the uh, the alien RPG, the way you push in that system, you get additional stress dice. You push your character um, to the limit, and you get additional stress dice. Uh, and the dice stress dice is a uh, you roll uh, one per portion of the sixes um, on the side. Uh, it's like black dices, and then you get your yellow uh, pr- uh, stress dices. Um, you can get stress dices in, in many ways, like get get hurt or see an alien or figure out that the the evil uh, corp are using you as pawns in on your sta- on the spaceship and so on. You get some stress dices, alarm and so on. But you can also be as you push your roll to hit this uh, poor alien, 
um, you get a, a additional stress dice, and that's that is a consequence. But uh, the stress dice is also additional dice in your dice pool, so you can succeed with your stress dices. But if you roll one on your stress dices, then you panic, and that's uh-huh. so elegant. It's so elegant. It's so easy. It's uh, hard pump action horror uh, because you the players around the table feel with their character because they can see the huge pool of of uh, stress dice uh, your character have um, and the ones are just so uh, so horrifying if you buy the original dice and I encourage to do that because they are beautiful but very expensive so make up your own mind that's fine <laughs> there's uh, small face huggers on the ones <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh-huh. so, uh, so so yeah it's 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 beautiful so um so so the, that's that's my my takeaway from this push mechanic the most elegant and the best implemented it into the game because it get the feel of the game as well it's not only a mechanic it's something that link into the game to to stress around the table it's not only the characters that are stressed it's also the players because they have to roll all these uh, uh, stress dices and can see how horrifying wrong it can go um go panic and shoot shoot uh, somebody near them or they just go catatonic in its corner um um, sucking on their thumb or something like that. It's uh, it's just beautiful um, and it's the best, absolute the best uh, push mechanic in in the free league games uh, at all. So yeah, um, so so they try to try to pick the game up next time you have the chance for um, Steve. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, look, if I start getting well, I, I, let's face it, I'm going to get more games that I don't have time to deal with. But yeah. Alien is actually a bit on the list and it has been for a while. Yeah. But I, I also desperately would like to use like Twilight 2000 or Mutant yeah. Zero that I already uh, have. Yeah, I actually like the Twilight 2000 mechanic. Uh, the, the new dice system is not my cup of tea, but I have to I have to I have to live with it because I can see the the Blade Runner system has has implemented it, and the new version of Coriolis has implemented it. So the next version of Vaisen might also be be that uh, beast. So uh, so I have to. To contend with it, I'm sorry to say, but uh, but yeah, I I don't like the because it's not intuitive as the D6s. Um, it's not easy to just roll your dices. Uh, it's you have you have nine dices on your sheet. Cool, I roll nine dices instead of okay, I have to roll a D12, a D10, and two D6s. Mm. Uh, I yeah, it's not intuitive for players. I played this. I played Twilight six hours with three very experienced players and. It was first of the second second hour in play, into play, we we really had hang of it, uh, and that's not cool. Uh, that's not uh, that's not okay. But yeah, uh, but I love the, uh, the the ammo mechanic in the, that game. Uh, that's gorgeous. Uh, I don't I don't know if you have read it, but in if you fire your rifle, your AK forty seven, whatever, you can add as many uh, ammo dice as you want in the limits of the weapon i think a assault rifle had three dices so then you roll them uh, but they also count as successes if you roll sixes but the number the complete number of the let's say you roll a one a three and a six it's ten so you use ten bullets of your gun ah okay it's so, so it's so elegant to see because because ammo is a scarcity in in that system of course uh, it's uh, it's very important to to keep track of it it's not it's not easy accessible for for players so uh, so 
it's 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 very cool to uh, to have uh, to have that elegant way to to make sure that players are using and keeping track of ammo. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's very, yeah. That's, that's very elegant way to do it. Mm-hmm. I like that. That sounds like like it, now. But you're saying, do you have to use the ammo dice, or do you? Is it an option? No, normally, if if you have a sniper rifle, examples, then you have only one shot. You can only use one ammo. Uh, but if you want to have additional uh, hits oh, with your oh, AK, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. And uh, I think I can't remember all the rules. It's it's been a while, but I think there's you have to roll at least one ammo dice for 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 guns um, in some capacity because yeah, most of them, most of the characters you play are not seasoned veterans, so they just. <laughs> Try to shoot your their opponents uh, in in the best way they they try to do it. So so yeah. Okay. The Twilight Two Thousand rules are the things I will use on a in a Fallout campaign, the next Fallout campaign. If I want to create a new Fallout campaign, I just played it with the original two D twenty rules. They are that was a shit show. Um, it was crunchy. It was stupid. Uh, the the characters when they reached ten level, they were almost immortals. Um, so. So yeah, that was yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a good fit for for Fallout. Um, so uh, and I know they are they are creating the Walking Dead franchise as well, and using the same system as Twilight, but less crunchy, but with the same armor rules. So I'm looking forward to that as well. That's right. Yeah, I forgot that they got the the Walking Dead license. Really did. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, they have some some great uh, IPs uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I. I... Boy, it, the system sounds, and and I should know some of this because I mean I own the books, I just haven't read them. <laughs> but you know, it sounds beautifully simple but robust at the same time, which I think is is often for for people who like what do you want to say? Who like a little bit more mechanized system? You know, mm. not necessarily like a, a powered by the apocalypse, which are great games, but yeah. sometimes you know some people just don't feel like there's enough mechanical meat there yeah. and this feels like it has enough of that mechanical meat to satisfy those people but isn't the number crunch of you know roll master or gurps yeah. or shadow run or oh, 20 <laughs> yeah or, yeah, or d20 yeah d20 you know in pathfinder or dnd fifth edition it's it's a lot less crunchy than those systems and it's easy and intuitive uh, rules mechanic because you just have, as I said, a handful of D6s. We want to hit sixes. And and the, the best part of combat in that system are it's uh, I love I love a, I love myself a legal uh, lethal uh, a system. I uh, I hate hero gaming. Uh, I'm not in for hero gaming um, for for most for most times, but uh, the, the combats in that regards uh, first of all it's in Initiative cards are part of all the systems, and you just have a some cards from one to ten, and you deal them out to the players, and they just turn them over, and they got you. So that Steve, you got number two, I got number three, and the orc got number eight. So, and then we just count what as TM just count up. You don't have to figure out what your initiative order are because that are relate onto you at the beginning of combat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's easy. Instead of uh, I have I have a plus uh, two on the initiative because I'm an elven, a bow, uh, whatever. Um, it's it's not like that at all. It's most just more simplified, and also because it's I'm 
I've I've played a bit Forbidden Lands, but also only in the Dark Sun setting. Um, so so I haven't played that a lot. But mostly we are playing normal people in our own world in some capacity. So the initiative cards are so so easy to understand that we are we are just a investigator in a Vasen campaign in London and we just I'm not extraordinary in any way, so I cannot say to my GM, hey, I have to come first in this. But there's again there's a talent that you can come you can draw two cards and, and choose the, the, the best one or, or the worst one you if that's your choice. Um, so so that's uh, that's the way. And then again zones in combat um, zones are built like that that it's normally a room or a hallway or a small part of a forest. It's up to the GM, of course, but the, it's very intuitive for the players to know, okay, this 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 is one zone and this is another zone. I can use one action to go to into a new zone or I can use an action into zone. So it's not like small uh, battle map where we have to move around. Uh, it's a zone is a zone and we can do anything we want into the zone. Um, so it's very intuitive uh, for players to to also make up what okay I will I will jump onto the table and and kick the uh, the the troll in the the nose um, or I just want to run out of out out the door because I don't want to the alien to eat me or something like that. It's it's pretty elegant in that way to to let the players tell the story with you uh, in these zones because it's not it's not confined into a battle map where we have to move. Okay, I can move uh, twelve. Uh, well, twelve squares with my Elven uh, uh, Ranger, uh, whatever. So, so that's pretty cool. Okay, so you're saying in in well, let's call it structured time. You basically you get to do something in the zone you're in, yeah. or move to a different zone. Those are your your two basic options. Yeah, you have a you have a fast action or an a more complicated action it's called different things in the systems but it's it's the complicated action is like casting a spell or uh, hitting somebody in the head where the quick action is to moving uh, through or, or, or parrying or uh, picking up stuff and so on so so you have some different options in in the combat uh, so so you have that's no all the system have different uh, like a menu of stuff you can do in in a in accordance to to what kind of action you are using, so uh, um, it's pretty easy to to have that laid out for the players. I normally just reference to it uh, when in combat, or lay them out as a like turning my my alien DM screen uh, uh, outside uh, inside out, so the players can see <laughs> the different options they have. <laughs> so uh, so if if they are in doubt of anything so they are not we, we not will use time and effort in a in an intense combat to figure out what they want to do in a, in a combat okay so i i think based on our conversation so far well i i i know you're going to give me one of two answers so let me <laughs> ask you what's your favorite version like setting produced for the year 0 engine at this point it has to. I have to pick uh, pick aliens because it's uh, it's very elegant the way of the stress dice, as I said, and and the first that was also the first game I picked up with that engine, but also it's linked into a new way to think role playing games because uh, in the alien RPG, um, you you are taught through the uh, the campaign setting. Uh, the, there's three campaigns that Andrew uh, Andrew Gaska have, have written. If you've just 
played through them. You you are taught as a GM and as a player to let go of your character and make cinematic choices to to have the, the heighten the story. And the systems the system are very well designed to. It's okay to fail as a player. It's okay to have a complication. It also it also it's it's okay to to please be stressed out and so on. So so it's the more elegant because the system as a whole is not designed to longer campaigns. It's not very good at longer campaigns. So if you're looking for a system that will will help you link into a long epic campaign from level one to level twenty, if you if you use the D and D terms, it's not very very uh, adaptable to that because. And sometimes the, the players will be too powerful or have too many dices to roll and anything that's it's just a fluke if they miss anything so the so the complications and the story are not interesting anymore so the aliens are the alien rpg is good because you are killing off your char- player characters in in bunch <laughs> uh, because that's the that's the main flavor of the of the movies as well if you if you've seen any of the movies they will die as fly unless you have our call Sigourney weaver um and and therefore the the system are perfect for that in, instant because it's first of all it's easy to create a new character because it's just an archetype there's no uh, and then then there are no choices on on talent skills and attributes but that's that's like 5 minutes but also the the idea that you have a system that are so easy into action uh, i have a G, i have a gm rule and not only for these games, but I have a GM rule in combat that are the rule of three. After after the third round of combat, there will happen something that will end the combat in some capacity. And my players know this, so, so they will also try to set them up in a position that they can get away if there come reinforcements or additional aliens or whatever. Um, so so I, can, I can thematically use, use this rule into this kind of system because they have to acknowledge that the combat is ending in after the next round so oh shit what is going to happen um so so it's it's pretty cool to see my players interact with with this uh, this rule of 3 of i have um, in because i don't like combat uh, i don't think combat is very exciting except in this system it actually is because you have you have the stress dices so they can happen <laughs> weird stuff and the players with a lot of stress dices are actually pretty competent, so they can can actually beat the aliens. Like they can have three sixes on their stress dices and two ones, but they still hit the alien with the the pulse cannon, whatever. And and the ones just give them some standing uh, on the sideline and scream the next round and can't do anything. But but in the the scene, there can be a lot of push and pull for for the players. So, so that's cool. So you touched on something here that, that reminded me of uh, something that came up between a conversation Steve and I had kind of at the end of a, uh, one of our recent episodes where we were, I kind of threw out the idea of when you're playing, you know, there's kind of two grand ways to look at it, right? Are you controlling a character going through this story or are you Yes, you're controlling this character, but are you serving your character or are you serving what you think is a cool story? Yes. And it sounds like what you're saying in in your style and particularly Alien, it sounds like, puts this kind of forward is that it's designed 
to play the greater story more than your specific character. Yes, and and especially aliens and the if you run the alien scenarios, uh, Gaska have written, you can take this this away pretty much. I think um, the first one, uh, Chariot of the Gods, are made for four or five characters, but there are, I think there is. 14 characters in the box so so you can you can figure out that there has to be some recycling of or, or cycling of characters through um so and 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 letting players know at a session zero that's it's pretty important that you have a session zero and, and give them understanding that this we are playing aliens we are not playing dungeon dragons in a spaceship aliens aliens are uh alien rpg are you as a as like steve it's you that get the story. It's not uh, the Android John that get the story. It's it's you, the Steve, um, that get the story. So so when you a character John the Android dies, you get uh, Clara the the scientist, and when Clara the scientist dies, you get uh, uh, Murphy the pirate's uh, character. Um, so and and you just get go through these uh, these uh, these characters because. The, the coolest scene is that John will hold the door so the other players or the other characters can get away and the alien will burst out and, and rip the head of John instead of if John just ran with the other characters, he will be run down from behind, maybe, but he will also kill some of the other characters that might have a plot clue or or, or something like that. And in the alien RPG, we have uh, there is something very elegant in, built into which is not nothing with the um, Dangerous Zero rule as such, but as Alien game, uh, you have um, you have agendas uh, so that are laid out to the players. Agendas that you have to fulfill or try to fulfill. It's maybe you can do that, but John the Android's agenda might be that you have to protect uh, Clara the scientist, and therefore you will make some weird choices or some choices that are relate onto the game's uh, storyboard or the the cinematic scenes of the of the story so so yeah as you said it's you as steve that get the story it's not it's not your player character so um, so that's uh, that's pretty important to know and notify your players all about in the alien rpg um, it's not the thing in invasion. That's pretty other stuff because combat invasion are so dangerous and will kill off your characters. And and it's more like the investigation kind of stuff. It's more low key. It's the small clues. It's the weird song in the corner. It's the the shadow that moves in a different way um, when when you move through the house and so on. It's it's more like that kind of uh, undercuts uh, or, or very low key horror elements. Um, where the alien RPG are more high pumped uh, action horror. Um, so so that's uh, and the system works for both games, and that's pretty that's pretty cool actually. Yeah, I like that it's flexible to do a lot of narrative and then also have really deadly combat. Yeah, I think that's really interesting and a a great feature to have in a system. Yeah, because you if you put if you took took a, like D and D fifth edition. Uh, created some file of characters and tried to play like Call of Cthulhu that would be pretty un, uh, uneventful and not very fun because you just you have a lot of hit points and so on and but but in this system you can do a lot of things I played Daxon uh, with this system I played Vaisen investigation scenarios 
I have played a horror uh, scenario, like very dark, uh, like called Divinity Lost kind of horror in in the Vietnam. Um, actually, actually, the game um, I have on my uh, website called Jungle Teeth, so check it out. Um, it's just an FYY. Um, it's using the, 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 the Engine Zero rules, and I'm creating my own uh, dark... I have a huge dark fantasy setting that I've used for another Danish system, but I've converted into this system, so that's another take on it. I've tried... I will try to figure out how to create it like a campaign campaign kind of game, because that, I think... I feel like that this system missed uh, the opportunity to be a campaign kind of thing, as I said before, because it the, the players get so powerful, so so you have to to mitigate that in some capacity. So you're saying that that over time your your uh, your zero characters will will so to speak level up and become powerful pretty fast, or not fast? Are you talking about the other games? Yeah, not not fast. As it's it's engine zero rules are not made for long campaigns like in like fifty or hundred sessions at all. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because you have to give your players XP, um, and if you use it, uh, give the players XP, they will use it on skills, of course, but or talents. Um, I had a friend that called that played a long Coriolis campaign, and they all have the same set of talents because they were the most powerful ones, and they all all have like maxed out in guns and maxed out in dodge and maxed out in whatever uh, speciality that the, each of the characters has. So. It wasn't. It wasn't fun for for a player even. Not 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 alone the, the GM, but not in as like a player. It was too easy um, mm-hmm. to to solve the plot uh, in time. So, so therefore, if you run a engine zero uh, campaign, if you want to play it more and more and more in a setting like Aliens, it's pretty easy because the the framework of Aliens is that it's against Steve as a player, not your character. So you will change up the characters. You have give them new characters. In Vason, you can do it like it's like Monster of the Week. Monster of the Week are kind of a game where you get out and figure out the mystery, and then you get back to your uh, HQ, and you can turn down the the XP uh, frequency a lot in that capacity. But but you can also make it like a, a in the Vason there's a, like a meter plot where there's a society that uh, try to figure out what's wrong with these Vesen creatures that suddenly comes uh, uh, out of the light and, and f*** up uh, regular uh, people's uh, life and uh, figure out how to, to use, uh, to, to make to create this society and, and create different characters in the society so different characters will go on different mis- mysteries around the, the, the Scandinavian or in, in London or yeah, or whatever in the US, or it's not. So you can you can mix up the campaign like that instead instead of the, the same characters that again and again and again just levels up and levels up and levels up and becomes more and more powerful. So that's the, re, the, the that's the way I want to run a 3D campaign. So more almost like an anthology style then. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and of course, link them together and give them some some. Some streamlining uh, ideas, like uh, the supernatural uh, kind of TV show, is a good uh, example on that. There's a monster of the week kind of uh, thing, but it's the same characters again and again. And to the last, uh, Sam and Dean was pretty powerful. Uh, if you <laughs> put a, a system on, on those two guys, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm I'm starting to regret not having dived into these books that I have already. 
it's a it's a very very easy system. It's it's very intuitive, um, and this and it's like the damage if you if you damage your opponent with a sword or a rapier or whatever in Vesen, you give a character get two damage and a character have three <laughs> hit points. So you can see combat is very lethal. If you fight with a troll or my players in my last campaign, Vesen campaign, they woke up a. A little girl that was actually a werewolf, uh, and that was very very close. They have to fight it, but and that will just tear the group apart in two combat rounds. Um, so, so combat is is very very lethal in that this system uh, in any of the systems, especially Twilight Two Thousand, where the weapons are so high powered and we are just normal people uh, hit mm-hmm. by. AK, but that's also as a you live in the US, so you know what gun violence does with people, and yeah, it's it's just cool to see a system that takes care of the realism without getting crunch, uh, because if you put like take the old system Handmaster, if you know that system, uh, or Twihander, Twihander, um, it was just terrible to figure out how to to be a realism or the so. So yeah, that's that's the my takeaway from the system for sure. Um, okay, yeah, well that and you're right though. A lot of, well, I would say a lot, a good many of those those more lethal systems are very crunchy. I mean, Steve and I are both pretty big fans of the cyberpunk yeah, uh, yeah. stuff from from Artalsorian, yeah. and yeah. Red is not as deadly as 2020 was, but there's a lot of crunch, yeah, in how those games get deadly. You know, it, it it's just how it, it. But they were, you know, and and I don't know if you have any experience with with either of those games, okay. but okay. I still say that that Red, given when it was actually designed, or not Red, but twenty twenty, when given the era it was designed in, was miles ahead as far as a lot of its design concepts. Yeah, over a sure. lot of games of its era. Yeah, for sure. If you if you compare it to to Shadowrun, uh, like third edition or something like that, it's just <laughs> wow, what a difference! <laughs> for sure. But if you see like other little systems that are pretty elegant, uh, but are uh, but are not great in combat, like the the World of Darkness system, uh, it's mm-hmm. when when you when you go into combat in that system, it's just a shit show. But it's yeah, it's a uh, it's so such such a. Uh, uh, yeah, I hate I hate combat in, in that system, and I played it mm-hmm. a lot. Um, so so yeah, it's so the way that this, this system does it, it's realistic, it's lethal, it's dangerous, and it encourages players to not engage into combat, which I love because I hate combat. Um, but but the, in in that in that terminology, I'm I know that players will will try to dodge combat in any capacity and uh, figure out how to 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 solve the situation in other other ways. Yeah, well, it sounds like, though, from what you're saying, like, we've, we've talked about different times where how different games, like, just because it's the elephant in the room and it, it's a good reference point, you know, Dungeons & Dragons core gameplay loop is kill monster, get loot, get better gear to kill bigger monster to get more loot, you yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah, that's the cycle. That's yeah. the game's core loop. Yeah. Where it sounds like what most of these free league games are going for is make a story. Here's a framework to randomize some of the events. Yeah, and 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 again back to the talents. Uh, I just want to to notify one of some of the talents that especially Vaisen, you can you can pick a a skill or a talent in that system. Um, 
where every system and every session that character can choose to meet an NPC which the player makes up in some, okay. in some yeah so so th- they will take a they take agency into the story that they can meet up with a old guy or old friend or whatever or an old enemy because you have to roll a manipulation role uh, with one or two successes uh, and if you don't do that it's it the, the character uh, the, the person that you summons <laughs> quote unquote um are not uh, hostile to you and that's so it's just a, a that's a talent you can pick instead of okay i get plus plus one with my sword or whatever it's it's so so cool to have these talents that uh, exemplifies the role playing and the the excitement into having these small things into the system another cool one is uh, ghost writing you can pos- let a ghost possess yourself and get a clue into the story so you can can be possessed uh, in a few a few hours and the, the, this ghost will give you a clue from the gm so you can invest and you can make the the mystery pretty hard because you have not only skills but also talents that can help the players solve it or give that clue you you we all have been sitting at a table as a gm and just it's just so obvious guys can you figure this out and to two in two in the morning and they can still not figure it out in Vaisen, you can create some pretty complicated mysteries with some weird creatures or like a a psalm or verse or whatever or a song or yeah whatever uh, and the players cannot figure it out but then you can use these talents to get them clues that they can put some push them in a direction not not necessarily the right direction <laughs> But but they can they can move on into the story and and help them uh, create more uh, stories into to to Vaisen, uh, the Vaisen mystery. So so that's that's pretty elegant and and having a low key horror investigation. I just want to to underline this versus having a hard pump action horror game where you run down the holes in the spaceship, try to kill off an alien with your with your nine millimeter. What a perfect system! I'm, 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 I have to say. Um, so, um, so that's uh, that's my takeaway from it for sure. Okay, Steve, do you have any, any questions here? No, I, I, I'm with you. I need to get this out and try it. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, if you want to play investigation, pick up the Vaisen game. It's pretty easy. It's uh, the book up gorgeous. Uh, I love those. Um, if you want to play some alien, uh, if you want to play some some whatever sci-fi horror fantasy deep space kind of thing, aliens of course the way to go. Um, if you want some sci-fi, uh, Star Trek meets uh, Warhammer Forty Thousand, uh, Coriolis is the stuff. Uh, if you want uh, kids on bike, Tales of the Loop or things that was gone in the flood, which are adolescents uh, and and late teens um, game. Um, a bit more sex, less uh, let, uh, lesser kids on bike, and a bit more horrorly, horrorly uh, in the the arts types and the the things. Um, if you want the classic uh, investigation uh, fantasy kind of thing, uh, Forbidden Lands are your way to go. If you want some cyberpunk, sorry guys, but uh, the mutant engine zero uh, things are the way to go. And uh, yeah, it's so so you there's a lot of flavors in in that. Yeah, well, and I know you didn't, but either there's Blade Runner. Yeah, and of course, uh, of course, Blade Runner. I've run one session in Blade Runner, um, and I don't like the dices. Uh, if you want some survival games, you have Twilight 2000, 
and uh, maybe uh, Call of Cthulhu investigation if Matt uh, gets his uh, his work done soon. And we're waiting. And uh, if you want some uh, some zombie uh, apocalypse horror thing, so then you have The Walking Dead soon. So uh, so we have a lot of love stuff uh, waiting in the uh, mm-hmm. with this system. And, and yeah, and okay, Blade Runner is if you like cyberpunk and you don't like fighting, Blade Runner is pretty cool. It's uh, the book is gorgeous. The the way to to build characters, you you have to roll on a lot of uh, small tables when you create your character, where you get a lot of memories from your from your early uh, days as a kid and uh, what's uh, how you live and what things are important to you or which which persons are important to you. Uh, you have to roll these things, and you can, as a GM, pick those things out, write them down, and make make the players think they are uh, they are androids um, or replicants, that they they call in that system. So yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. And I just want to point out too, just from the the books that I have, now that I've you know some ones I've picked up at stores and looked at, yeah. the production level, the oh, art, yeah. everything on all these freely books is just top notch. Yeah, it's it's out of this world. It's uh, go go home, Hasbro, with your Dungeon Dragons crap. Um, <laughs> not, not since uh, yeah, I think the old Ravenloft books or or Dark Sun book, book with Brom. Uh, I don't have enjoyed the artwork alone in these books as much as I do in these books. These books, uh, Johan that writes that uh, creates the uh, the Dragon Bane and the uh, the Vase and stuff. Um, He's such a cool artist and and creates uh, such a yeah a, a very unique style that gives you uh, emerge into this uh, investigation dark Nordic horror thingy. And again, if you look at the pages of the, the Blade Runner and and the and the Alien book, it's it's the same artist. I can't remember what what's the name of the artist is, um, but but you also get this. You just get sucked into uh, to just stand on a, a a landing pad on on some uh, barren planets and just look uh, in terror when aliens come running in your face. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 such it's such cool uh, cool artworks in in these books, uh, all of them, as you said. So so yeah, uh, Forbidden Lands not so much. It's uh, old style. It's a unique unique style, but it's 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 a style. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it's it's all it's old school. It has its uh, has it has its charm. Uh, but it's most uh, most of the, the yeah most of most of the drawings are very very simplified. So um, so yeah, but that's uh, some of the first production of from Free League. So um, it was it was cool. All right. Well, I know you know you you took a little bit of a hiatus to kind of shift gears here. Unless you have anything more you want to add on this, but I feel like we've we've gone quite a ways with this. Yeah. <laughs> you have a podcast of your own. Um, yes. GM Workshop. I know yes. you took a, a bit of a break there for a little bit, but uh, yes. you've recently started re-releasing some stuff. Do you want to take a minute to kind of let people know about that and where they can find it and, and so on? Um, yeah, the GM Workshop, uh, it's uh, it's all on the all the Apple Podcast and Google Podcast and all the, the things. Um, it's a podcast like your guys. It's talking about RPG. I'm, I'm solo on it uh, at the moment. And um, beforehand, I will... St- was talking to exciting people. I actually talked to you, Steve, but uh, my computer f***ed up and uh, the interview got lost, and I'm very sad about that, but we have to do a rerun in some capacity. And uh, I talked to game designers and GMs. Uh, the first, like, 50 episodes are in Danish, so if you don't have a 
great understanding, and that's skip those uh, first uh, fifty hour, uh, episodes and uh, or forty episodes. And uh, but therefrom, I have talked to Andrew Gasker uh, twice that create the alien RPG, Nils that create the Vasen RPG, so three league guys, uh, Matthias that called that create the Simbarun, April that create the the, the uh, managing the uh, the Fallout RPG at Modifius. Um so I've talked to a lot of exciting people, plus a lot of uh, GMs that run the different games. Carl and Christian that uh, create the Dead in Space, another uh, 3D game, which are not Engine Zero. Pretty confusing. But uh, Lynn Hardy that create the Call of Cthulhu. Uh, Steve Dempsey that create the great uh, stuff for Trailer Cthulhu. And uh, yeah, um, there's a lot of uh, different cool people I've talked to. Uh, check that out. Uh, that's, yeah, they're so sweet and, and nice. And we have some some pretty geeky conversations because the, mm-hmm. the tagline on my, it's a nerdy production. And that, that is a warning uh, for sure because it's it's very, very geeky. Um, and I love to, to talk to more people. Uh, and yeah. uh, and Sunday, I started a new series where I go solo and just uh, will take out books from myself and talk about uh, the games. I started with the the Alkadim setting, uh, the D and D setting uh, from the TSR times. If you don't know that setting, it's a thousand and one Arabian Nights uh, setting with high magic and no dragons and a lot of genies and Jafars and uh, flying carpets. It's a great, one of the best CSR settings in my uh, perspective. And uh, today, actually, I just released my second episode in that series. It's about Dark Sun, uh, one of my all-time favorite settings. And and I hope someone like Free League will pick it up and make it uh, uh, R-rated as it should be and uh, away from uh, the the fluffy pink... Uh, Rainbowy thingies at, at Hasbro um, because it's it, it it has to be with slaves and it has to be dark and it has to be gritty and uh, you cannot do that in Hasbro uh, apparently <laughs> so I hope they will pick it up but I don't I don't have high hopes um, so uh, we 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 have to play it at at, at the TSR level uh, of stuff. Yeah, Dark Sun was actually my introduction to D and D. Oh, that's a that's a hot that's a hot sell. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, and you stick stood around. That's that's impressive. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, actually one of my good friends. Uh, she she heard some actual play podcast and uh, tried to. She wrote wrote. Uh, she's like thirty or something like that. Uh, then he just she just writes to different nerdy groups in Denmark and hey, I want to play role play. I never tried it before. Cool. And I just I was just starting up a. D&D 5th edition Dark Sun group and she was introduced to that and she still plays too so so that's uh, that's pretty cool <laughs> so uh, maybe maybe it's the the right way to go just a hot uh, hot go um and next week we I will look at the Raymeloft uh, setting and then I'm done with TSR settings <laughs> so I move on to to other to other exciting settings and systems so uh, so yeah but but yeah, uh, the GM workshop, uh, check it out. It's uh, pretty fun and uh, we it's it's pretty nerdy. So if you like nerdy podcast as this one, uh, this it's 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 a it's a clean uh, up your alley that for sure. All right. Um, anything else, Steve? Am I forgetting anything? Uh, no. I think with all that being said, let's move into game of the week. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Game of the week. All right, so what order are we going in here? I have one. 
if everybody's cool with that. Yeah, sure. sure. All right. I have a game that is currently free until the second edition comes out, in which case they're going to pull it off of drive-thru. It's called the Disturbance Timeline RPG. So I'm currently looking at the core rules for the post-apocalyptic time period. It's a game around traveling time and disturbing the peace. <laughs> um, okay. You got a link here. for this by any chance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Doctor Who? No, it's <laughs> it's a little grimy. It's a little greasy. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it's very post-apocalyptic. But what caught me was their expansions to this game. Like Lunatic Larry and the Church of the Insane. <laughs> nice. Or um, I saw another one here and I can't see what I can find. That's the poke. They have like post-apocalyptic expansions. It just looks like a really interesting, wild game that is currently free and definitely something, I don't know, something I'll be checking out and reading at least. Yeah, it looks, I mean, hey, the price is right. Yeah. <laughs> it can be. Is that, it almost looks in the, in the video clip there, it looks like the kid is wearing a shirt that says cult. And it could be spelled like the RPG cult. Nice. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't really watch the video clip. It's no, I'm not watching the video. Just in the 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 cap, there's a link in the green room channel, like two channels up from where we're, uh, we're yeah, talking. Yeah, I see that. For for your benefit, Jacob. Yeah. But yeah, the 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 kid all the way to the right of the picture almost looks like it could say K U L T on it. Yeah. I don't know. It looks like a bizarre, dark, fun tabletop RPG. Which yeah. Is something I'm always down for. So. All right, somebody else's turn. <laughs> All right. Well, would you like to go, Jacob, or you want me to? Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just go, go ahead because I have to find the right thing. It has to be a free league game, of course. So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Then, then I'll leave the low hanging fruit I was thinking about using because you may end up taking that because you mentioned it a couple times. I'm going to mention one from someone. Um, well, it's from Fat Goblin Games. Uh, you know, which is run primarily by Rick Hershey. And uh, we talked a little bit about it, the genre anyway, you know, the kind of the kids on bikes, Stranger Things, whatever. Well, they just put out one they're calling Stranger Stuff, and it runs on the Tiny D6 engine, which I've heard a lot of good things about. Yeah. Rick's artwork seems to work really well with, with what I can see of this. You know, and I mean, it, it just, look, I mean, the genre is is a fun thing to play, definitely. You know, it, it comes with uh, it's saying a detailed setting they're calling Crestview Hills, which is a classic 80s Midwestern town. And Tiny D6, which again, like I said, I've heard a lot of good things about, although I haven't actually read it. But, uh, you know, it's updated and expanded. It says, you know, it's got rules for clubhouse building, you know, um, just all kinds of neat stuff. So, again, that's called Stranger Stuff. It's from Fat Goblin Games. Cool. Yeah, I have to uh, to bring up uh, some of the new stuff from from Free League. It's not the Engine Zero rules, but uh, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, it's a third party license. Uh, if you you guys know the the Markbalk, uh franchise or the Markbalk, uh system, um, do you know that's that system at all, or have you talked to that about uh, that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, very familiar. Uh, yeah, it's uh, that's a that's crazy that's crazy artwork. <laughs> Cyborg <laughs> is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and and this this one is uh, the pirate bulk, um, and uh, where uh, we uh. 
Yeah, and we play the um, like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean uh, times times uh, Bergborg, Bergborg. Uh, It's mm-hmm. it's gotta be fun. Uh, it's it seems like a, a pretty good beer and pretzel uh, game for Friday, Friday night, um, and having a lot of laughs and uh, some some pretty cool uh, stories. And uh, yeah, I, I I I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I want to play this this a lot, but there's a pretty cool sandbox uh, adventure uh, integrated into the the system and into the the book as such. Uh, Curse of the Skeleton Points, um, where you have a, a sandbox type adventure. You can you can just go on to. Um, I actually had the look on t- about talk about this this game. Um, so. Uh, so it's it's a pretty pretty cool cool idea for a, a game, and of course there's a ship battles and and combat uh, with with rapiers and sabers and so on. So that's uh, a game I I really want to check out uh, if I had a Friday night uh, with the guys for sure. Yeah, I've got uh, there's a guy I know through one of our local game shops that that backed that and got it. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks pretty interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's for sure. Um, uh, it's on. Uh, it's on the way to me, so I hope I will play it soon. So cool, cool. All right. So if y'all don't object, I want to do a bonus game of the week here, and I specifically kind of want to get your input on this because you you mentioned it a little bit earlier, Jacob. Um, yeah. That being Dragon Bane. Yeah. Which is is a free league thing. Um, my understanding it's it's not Year Zero. No. My understanding is this is kind of it's it's. Well, according to the listing, you know, it was the big Scandinavian RPG for years. Yes, uh, together with Cult, it's the the two uh, the two titans of uh, of our part of the world uh, for sure. It was uh, Dragonbane or Drauer Demona, uh, as it's called, um, Dragon and Demons. I don't know why they called uh, Dragonbane now, but it's my two who have to sell it to uh, the Bible Belt in the U.S. or something like that, so you can call it Demons. Um, uh, it's Dragonbane is is a, fancy, a fantasy system back in the days, and it's and a pretty cool idea to play very lethal uh, RPG. It was back in the day it was actually based on the uh, the, the basic roleplay mechanics, uh, later converted into a D20 uh, roll under system, uh, and I think that's the uh, the way they will go with it uh, in in what I have seen. Uh, I haven't tested it yet. Uh, I have it on my shelf, but I haven't uh, played it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I have a uh, I have an allergy to D20s uh, in roll under system or or basic roleplay uh, in, in all regards. But uh, in yeah it's it's cool uh, to see um, to see a a classic thing from my early upbringing as a role-playing games re-edited and created with Johan's beautiful art um, on and I, I hope I hope someone will pick this up instead of D&D because it's much better system than D&D uh, for for telling stories now is it I was going to ask from the, the impression I've got is that it's also kind of expressly kind of beer and pretzels kind of maybe tongue-in-cheek comedic a bit yeah, it's more it's more lighthearted than that's than many. It's like it's a, it was a precursor. It, it RuneQuest was a precursor to this, and and RuneQuest was was a basic role play with very much crunch. It was very lethal, and the duck race especially was one of the iconic races that they took from the RuneQuest and put it over to to uh, 
to to Dragon Bane. Um, Andreas uh, from uh, Sweden Rose, if you know that uh, actual play podcast. Um, he talked to me about Dragon Bane. He has a lot vivid history about it, uh, and can and you can link it to you if you want. If your listeners want to know more about Dragon Bane, because he knows a lot about Dragon Bane, a lot more than <laughs> I did, uh, because he's a Swedish uh, super geek. Um, so, but but in in capacity of uh, Dragon Bane, I think um, I think they didn't do it enough to to make it. A great game. Um, I I'm very disappointed when I uh, picked up the the quick start. I have uh, got it just after it was released, and uh, I'm not I'm not impressed. Uh, I love the art because it's Johan, but it's uh, because I met, but they didn't make a setting for it. It's just a small map where you can go and uh, kill some monsters and so on. It's because one of the, the charms with the with Drow Demona and and Dragonbane was it just was just a flat system, so you can put on a, a a setting on top of it, but there was still a lot of flavor and a lot of ideas you can put into your setting, like just like in D and D actually. Um, so it's just a D and D light kind of thing, but yeah, challenge challenge cheek, maybe just lighthearted fantasy. Um, it's uh, it's not it's not fun in games only. It's also a very lethal game and. And the monsters are real and so on, but it's it's as you said, maybe a bit more tongue in cheek than maybe some of the other games they have. Yeah, I was just curious to get you know a little more of a perspective on it because I've I've heard it mentioned around various places of the internet a little bit recently, and and was just you know curious to get a take on it from you know I didn't know if you'd had any background with it you know. Yeah, I played it. I played. Yeah, yeah, I played. Played a lot back in the days. Uh, that was our uh, go-to if we didn't want to play D and D or second D and D second edition. I have to say, but uh, we also have a Danish role-playing game in Denmark. So I played a lot, and it's called the uh, LEF. <laughs> so and it's only released in Danish. So good luck uh, to figure out that system. But actually, it's just. The system is very easy. Actually, it's two d sixes and adding a skill, and it's the same uh, difficult range as in uh, Western games. Western games uh, d six system. Um, okay. This uh, from from zero to to thirty. That, that's the that's the skill range uh, you can can hit. So it's pretty. It's very, very easy system. So. Um, okay. Um, yeah. So so it's uh, so the same same system uh, basically. <laughs> Just not another D6s, you just have a more tight uh, skill. But that's another talk. Sorry, I, I, I was derailed, <laughs> was derailed. So, so yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's one of the the iconic Scandinavian games they have re-released. So, um, so yeah, uh, they did it a very good job with the Cult Divinity Lost, with which I've played a lot more than, than Dragon Bane because when I want to play fantasy, I just played D and D because that was one of my some of my friends that played games, uh, fantasy games, they knew that those rules, so I didn't want to bother them to learn them new rules. Uh, but if I want to play horror games, that was called Divinity Lost uh, and a bit uh, Call of Cthulhu and later Vampire. So that was my flavor. So like two two different ways to to approach a role-playing game as a GM. And uh, maybe I've mentioned I, have, I am the favorite GM in my groups, so <laughs> I haven't played. I'm not a I'm not a great player, so I'm always the player, uh, always the GM. So, <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, I was going to say just thank you for taking the time to come chat with us about <laughs> you know the Year Zero engine, especially considering you know when we started it was one o'clock in the morning in your your, your time. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah but uh, we I have to have you on again. Uh, uh, this time I will not uh, ruin the uh, the audio, uh, Steve. And I have recorded <laughs> I have recorded in my end, so you wrote this uh, talk. Uh, I can <laughs> I have it on on my computer as well. So <laughs> all right then. <laughs> Cool, but uh, thanks for this, and um, yeah, check out the GM Workshop if you want to have more nerdy uh, podcast in your ear um, over the summer. So, um, so thanks for this, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on. And yeah, it's what's cool. As always, uh, links to everything are in our show notes. Uh, Facebook, Discord, Patreon, all that fun stuff, including your stuff there. Um, we want to remind everyone to be kind to one another and get out there and play some RPGs. Yeah. Yep. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye. Intro and outro music by the band 12 Noon. You can email us at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and RPGs. Find us on Facebook at meandsteverpgpodcast. On Discord at meandsteverpgs. And as always, all of these links are in the show notes. Thank you, and be kind to one another. Cigar. Cigar, 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that.